Hello and welcome to Tech Explaining. I'm Brett and I'm here with Stephanie and Mark and Rob. How are you guys doing? Excellent. Very cool. So, uh, so there's a lot going on uh, in both our countries, uh, as we've we've just been alluding to a little bit before we uh, we hit the record button. So, uh, so what's going on with your flights today? <laughs> yeah, we don't know how to do planes anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I think all of this, apparently the system that shut down is the system that alerts to like bird strikes around airports. It sounds like what that is. And um, that went down. And, and um, I mean, I guess it's a risky thing if you hit a bird and, and you know, bird flight patterns or something like that. Um, so they wouldn't let anybody fly in the U.S., period until that system came back up. I was, it was probably somebody clumsy like me that just tripped over a server cord and unplugged the server. Um, but that's the way it is. <laughs> or maybe it was trying to access chat GPT and it's just been so down lately and overloaded that it wasn't getting a response. And Could yeah. be, could be. Is that an Azure problem though? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we can trace it back to Azure. <laughs> it was using Bing to search for bird strikes and that's why it just... It, it <laughs> Yeah. 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 Crazy days, crazy days. I know there's a lot of people trying to get, get where you are. So if you're uh, stuck in the mess, I hope you're listening to the show and, and you know, we can calm you down a bit, but uh, we empathize with your situation. Just need yeah, to calm down. I take a flight tomorrow evening, so everything needs to be sorted by then. I think yeah. by tomorrow evening, it was down for such a short time. I'm thinking by tomorrow afternoon, things should be sorted pretty well. At least, you know, they tend to like keep the flights that were already scheduled in place. And then everybody who is supposed to fly ends up getting bumped elsewhere later in the week. So I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful my flight's okay. We'll see. I'll, I'll give you guys an update next time we talk. Well, and, and speaking of being kind of stuck in New York, there's some UK news that's going all over our media right now with Prince Harry. So that's kind of a crazy situation. I don't know how it's, how is he received in the UK? Is he like, uh, is it negative? Is it because here it's fairly positive? Well, I, th I think maybe he was planning a trip back over, and that's why your flights went down everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he's not going to be in the He's staying here permanently. Is that what you're yeah, saying? Yeah. Which is not allowed so, in the country. MI6 had something to do with that outage today. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, rumor had it he was about to step on a plane somewhere. Let's just, let's just make sure he can't get hit. Yeah. <laughs> no, so, um, yeah, it, it, it's. Well, I, th I think it's worldwide, isn't it? We're all hearing about Harry and yeah, every everything he has to say about the royal family. And uh, yeah, I, I, I not... think the funniest part from the book for me that you know was his trip to the North Pole where he damaged his South Pole. That was kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> he got frostbite. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a... no sympathy. Sorry, boohoo, <laughs> poor royal. <laughs> So hey, have you guys uh, have you guys changed your passwords recently? Speaking of drama, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so so not, not, I... not to segue us directly into the topic here, from uh, <laughs> talking about the royal todger to uh, you know over to the to the to the, uh, to the password hack. But um, what's going on there? So based on everything I've seen, it it you know I I got the initial impression that when all of this was published and I was seeing all of my friends post on Facebook about um, what happened with the, the last pass breach, I got the impression that this was like something that just happened over the holidays. And actually, once I did a little bit of research on it, I found out that there, the breach actually happened 
um, back in August. So intruders had gained access to the computer systems and they had initially said they've seen no evidence that the incident involved any access to customer data or encrypted passwords at the time. And what this was, was actually them coming back out and saying, hey, they actually managed to steal more than we thought. Um, and there was an employee's login credentials that were stolen. And so there's basic customer account information that was stolen um, and usernames, billing addresses, email address, telephone numbers, things like that. Um, but they were also able to steal the customer's vault data. So lots and lots of <laughs> information being released there. So not only did everybody's stuff get stolen, they, they kind of misreported initially, which is pretty scary because they had lots of time to do something with that information. Um, but it's all encrypted. So I guess the good news is whatever they got a hold of was actually encrypted. So they would have to take the time to, to crack um, that encryption if they were to actually take advantage of that that data. I don't know what that that's kind of the gist of it based yeah. on what I've done some reading on and what happened. But what, what do you guys think that you've been hearing? That's the master password, right? It's it's encrypted with that. So they, they need to have that master password for your or your your vault password for uh, to, to, to decrypt everything. But um, I mean, that that is just a password at the end of the day. Uh, I guess that's down to how how secure people set those passwords. <laughs> well, and that's the article I read was saying that's the problem. People don't use secure mm -hmm. passwords like, mm -hmm. you know, they say there's like, you know, mil it take millions of years to crack your passwords. But if you take out all the random characters from that password guessing, you've got a small subset of what people usually use. So you could churn through those passwords that people use as common passwords and probably crack a lot of that data. Yep. And that's the yep. big concern. Well, that's that's nothing short of terrifying. <laughs> and not for me. Well, nothing like trying to do the right thing and then having that hacked, right? I think because there's there's multiple layers of people, right? I think you've got your people that like don't care, that don't pay a lot of attention to it, that don't try that hard. Then you have people that are like, okay, my passwords aren't that great, but everything's protected by multi-factor authentication. Um, and then you have the people that are like super vigilant about it. And and even within there, like we have a friend who said his whole family's on LastPass, right? So not only was he on LastPass, but he had all of his family doing all of their credentials in there too. So I don't know where you guys fall. I'm somewhere in the middle. Um, but I don't I, I don't know that I control my entire family's passwords under LastPass. Like that that level of um detail I think it's hard for a lot of us. Um, so so I think that's harsh because when you're trying to do the right thing, you've taken all the steps, you've literally got your whole family locked down to have the rug pulled out from under you is is pretty harsh. I think that that probably hurts. I know people that spent hours upon hours upon hours over the holidays changing all of the passwords one by one. But that's the thing. If you're a part of that last pass breach, but your master password was some super random character string with dashes and like if, if it was something like that, you're probably safe. They're probably never going to crack that password. But if your master password was something like um, I like cars, you know, a, a sentence, something that's that doesn't. How did you know my characters. password? <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> I like Bentleys. I mean, it's it's that that's very much more likely <laughs> going to be cracked because that's going to be in a small subset of what they're going to try to use. Yeah, I think that was the uh, the, the advice, wasn't it? To um, the, the first thing before you start changing all those individual passwords is to change your master password for, for something secure. Because if you change that, then you know e even if they had uh, already cracked it, then you you've just changed it. <laughs> um, so it's uh, effectively encrypted with that again. So. 
I'll I tell you what surprised me most about this, honestly, was um, the amount of people that that didn't host this internally that, you know, amount of, I guess, big businesses that, that use this kind of service that you signed up for that didn't host it internally, you know, because I know a lot of a lot of very large enterprise. I don't know what what, uh, you know, Mark and Stephanie, your your company does in, in terms of like administrative passwords and things like that. But you know, a lot of large enterprises don't use a service out there. You know, you, you, you have a product that you use internally or whatever that's that, you know, you host in your own data center. And if that gets hacked, that's on you, of course. But um, I, I was really surprised to hear how impactful it was and how many people actually, you know, how many you know, true enterprises uh, used a service like LastPass. Yeah, they don't let me anywhere near those passwords anymore. So I, I can't tell you exactly what we do. <laughs> <laughs> Now, yeah, I I'm think, sure you couldn't anyway. And like I, right. I know that I, I was very careful in my wording to to say that we didn't, <laughs> you know, I didn't <laughs> name the product or where it's located or whatever. But you know, I'll just say it's it's highly secured, you know, and and you need multiple layers of authentication to even get in to to get my to you know to get my password to where I can just do something in O three six five administratively, right? And 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 you know, it changes the password every time I check it out, and you know, it does all this stuff, all the LastPass stuff, but. Um, it was really surprising that that's, that was kind of the way um, that people just defaulted to this cloud vendor. And, you know, if you put all your eggs in that basket, if it gets hacked, you're, you're, you know, you're done for, right? I mean, that's just the way it is. Yeah. But even, even if you don't use that, you know, I, I guess a, a question to ask, and, and I, I think this question was also asked with, but um, by you, Mark, on, on social media was, you know, how, how, how secure are all the other methods of, of, of doing the same thing? Because, if you just open your browser and you, if you don't use LastPass, that's caching your password as well. You've always got that option in Chrome to to save your password and and, and so on. Um, and yeah, I mean, you, you've got exactly the same problem there if you're not using LastPass. <laughs> it's and there's yeah. obviously other, other other ISVs doing the same thing too. Um, and, and if you don't use it, then you know, where are you actually securing those passwords? Are they you know, in your OneDrive somewhere that's you know not encrypted uh, in a notepad file or something. I don't know. It's uh, no, it, it's that's a great question. Like that's that's my question. Like why are what how are these preventing people from being doing something stupid? It's it's not. Um, yeah, I I think multi-factor. Why you know multi-factor is a great place to start, regardless of whether services you're you're possibly using. Because if that if you get that notification on your device, that's you know that's a little bit harder to get past um unless someone knows a way, quick way around that which i don't then then doing something with taking a password it, it, i don't know i say it's not it, when used in mass i mean multi multi-factor authentication we we've had to actually put it in um into play to where you have to type in the number you can't just approve you know you get a message on your watch or whatever and you click approve and you're in you can't do that because Every time somebody gets a prompt or you know a, a something that notifies you that says, "Hey, would you like to access the system?" They just automatically click, click approve, yeah. no matter what, right? So I mean, even with multi-factor authentication, it doesn't. It's not the end all for breaches, right? To you know, be all end all for for stopping breaches. No, I agree, and I like the one that says, you know, what number was just did you need to enter? I like that one because you're not going to guess that. You're like someone's not. It's going to be. It forces somebody to do something that's not too intrusive. So that's a it's a good method. I like or that. The, I still, that maybe I triggers <laughs> you to think a little bit harder about what you're doing, right? Like, wait a minute, what is this connected to? Why am I being prompted? Because I think the social engineering part of it, 
it does continue to get better. I mean, generally, you know, your hackers, they're sending emails that are like pretty obvious, you know, they have like weird logos or the spellings wrong and things like that. But um, I, I will say like there are some now and then every once in a while you relax and then they send one and you're like, it takes you that extra beat of like, wait a minute. Right. Especially when you're busy or you're on your phone and so your desktop and you're just kind of flipping through stuff. Um, so I've seen some pretty like we get tested at work a lot. Our security so like, team sends us those fairly often. Man, like. There's you know, I, I've I've only been busted once out of like, a, you know, the last year. But that one email, I was like, dang, man, that was good. Like I didn't get and they said like 50 percent of people were caught what on was that the email? one in particular. Um, I think it was a it was a fake UPS one. Like you're you're expecting a package or something. I got that. That one got me, too, because I was expecting yeah. a package that day. <laughs> Right. <laughs> so I so I thought oh, this is I was expecting a package, so that email didn't surprise me. So I clicked on the link. And right. And, that's and gangster like, to do were that no... at like this time of year too, like at Christmas time yeah. when everybody's everybody getting them. So and there were gangster. no misspellings. <laughs> there were no misspellings on the email, and it looked really legit. It had a lot of really accurate information, and I was like. I, and I was on my phone. I was on my mobile that day. I was flipping through. I wasn't even at work. I was just keeping an eye on emails. And I was like, oh, what's this? And I was like, I'm so stupid, right? Like I, it really made me think because I was like, I've relaxed. I've relaxed way too much because I expect it to be dumb. I expected to have a misspelling. I expected to have a wrong logo. Could I get caught by someone who did something really, really upscale? Yeah, maybe I could. So it really made between that happening around the same time as the last pass breach, mm-hmm. I kind of rethought that, you know, I'm rethinking the way I do things and and how vigilant you have to be to not get busted on this stuff. So the, the, the first I heard of um, this it must have been the, uh, the the day of the announcement, but I hadn't yet seen the the LastPass announcement. Um, I got notified from uh, Apple uh, on my phone that my passwords had potentially been uh, exposed, and um, that that must have been I, I think in connection with with the LastPass uh, scenario. But I was actually doubting that. I was like, is this real? <laughs> you know, is this <laughs> somehow, somehow somebody sent a notification to my phone that's telling me to change passwords and they're going to see what I'm going to change them to. <laughs> it makes you question it's, everything, right? Now that really random yeah, benefits absolutely. information comes in, you're like, is it though? Is it? Because now you don't have that easy, like, is it external? Is it internal? Right? Because it's external. Yeah. But is it legit or not? I don't know. I'm, I, over, I, I overthink everything now too. Yeah, I get that. But yeah, the, the, those package messages, I, I, I get one... Uh, almost every three days or something like that. It's uh, it's about the post office here in the, in the UK, the Royal Mail, and uh, it's always Simon who's going to be delivering my package. <laughs> so yeah, I know to look out for Simon. If it's Joe, then yeah, I might click that link. <laughs> well, and it's going to get worse if you think about it. So to, to jump back to previous conversations, think about things like ChatGPT. Think about this huge knowledge base now. You can say generate an email to a person who has all this data online about them. So you could it could pull details about somebody. Oh, in the conference you're about to attend, and we need to say, oh yeah, we you know, are you ready for your event? And it, oh yeah, I'm registered for the event, so I'm going to click on the link. Why would that be something that that gets me? So I, mm-hmm. it's it's going to get worse before it gets better. Yeah, I don't think oh. it's going to get better. Nah, okay. <laughs> what, what's your opinion also on uh, on generated passwords? So uh, I, I'm always a bit not not suspicious of them, but thinking, well, yeah. A system's generated. There's an algorithm in here. How random is it? <laughs> you know, it's, it's so yeah, weird. I typically don't use generated passwords no. because it's it's yeah. 
it wasn't me that generated it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so I have seen that some people are migrating now. Um, so they're like, I'm done with LastPass. This is not the first time they've, you know, had an issue. And the one that I've seen people post about is one password. So you guys know much about one one password and why, like what makes it better? Like what what would make you go from one to another, right? Because kind of the first assumption is like, well, wouldn't they be the same, right? But they don't necessarily operate the same. They don't function the same. So do you guys know much about one one pass and so I read a little bit about it. Um, and the differentiator with with one password is that your master password doesn't give you access to your database. So even if a hacker has your master password, they can't get to all of your passwords. There is a a GUID, a really super long number that they're never going to guess that is not stored anywhere except you know on your computer when you're when it's presented to you. I'm not sure how it's stored locally even, but it's never passed back and forth. Uh, that's and so that that is the key to being able to access your data in their databases using that to decode it not the master password mm -hmm. so that they're saying that is essentially because of its complexity and link that is uncrackable whereas with you know last password is because your master password is something that could eventually be guessed and hacked if you using something common so unless they steal your laptop and then log into your laptop <laughs> they can get your password right so so it's, it's like you know they they the chances of that happening are a lot less than, you know, with that layer of abstraction, I guess, with that, than, than anything else. Well, and that being said, if your master password on last password was this super long, crazy string made up of, you know, so many digits, it's just as safe as it would be in uh, last mm, password, mm. you know, and first, whatever it was, one, one password. password. Yeah. yeah. Huh. So then I guess we're, you know, we're starting to look at other options too, right? It's like, well, what would make all of this easier? So then, you know, you start considering things like passwordless authentication and what can we do to not need passwords at all, right? That's the ideal scenario. And we we kind of got into this off offhand last week um, when we weren't recording, but, you know, wouldn't it be the perfect world if you just, you know, just like the you look at your iPhone and it unlocks now, right? So you don't even need to punch in a code. It's just going based on that. You have um, fingerprint authenticators, you have things like that. Like, but to what, you know, what level are we gonna have to go? Because I feel like every time we move to that next space, then the hackers get better and better and they continue to kind of move with us forward. But I think, I mean, do we all agree like that's probably where things are headed next, where we don't even have to worry about this mess of having all these different passwords? Um, I also, you know, I think the decentralized identity is also interesting. So just, you know, kind of tying those two things together and going from this like needing to track 8,000 passwords to just having one one central way to kind of control all of that in, in one space and and be able to get in. I don't know. I think I think there's some really interesting things happening in this space that we're going to head that direction and, and just entirely just drop our passwords. I, I mean, I think you're you. I mean, if somebody wants your data bad enough, they can get to it. And I think that's kind of the mindset that people need to understand. Like nobody is completely safe. There's you're just not so go into everything with that mindset and, and making it as difficult as possible for them to get to, to your data. I think one of the 
the great things about storing data within, you know, in Azure and Microsoft's cloud is all the security they have in place to make it difficult to get to. Like, you know, the the story here is like, you know, it's they're like one of the most attacked services in the world, people trying to break in to the cloud, Microsoft's cloud. Well, that also means they're also the most secure because they're constantly monitoring it, trying it. And, you know, I've heard they actually let some attacks go through when the attacks are going to like less secure data to see what they do and how they're moving so that they can make their security even better. So I think that that that's the, the mindset you need to have. And maybe look at using things that you already know are secure that are something like, you know, Microsoft's cloud. Mm, mm. Yeah, yeah. Sure. And, and companies are obviously you know, concerned about this. I, I think you know, as as a, a vendor of of products, every or almost every deal now we're we're filling out questionnaires about you know where where the data is stored and and what's our security like and and so on. And unfortunately, we're not a SaaS company as such because they're hosting a component inside of Microsoft 365. There's no data that's stored or processed on our end whatsoever. It's it, it's all inside their tenant. So it's down to them and, and what authentication uh, they're using. We can pass the book on, on that uh, conversation. But <clears throat> this must be a real headache for SaaS companies to stay on top of all of this as well. You know, it's uh, the, even the question comes down to our physical premises. And it's like, well, first of all, there's no data stored in our premises. But secondly, it's, it's a converted barn and it's surrounded by sheep <laughs> yeah, there is no real security <laughs> but fortunately there's nothing there to steal <laughs> there is no data there you know it's uh but but, but still it's challenging when we're, we're we're dealing with you know large enterprise organizations and 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 this is a checkbox exercise in, in most cases it's it's got to go past security and uh yeah th th these these questions are important <laughs> I'd love well, to be on one of these conversations with uh, some of the Azure data centers that are hosted under the ocean, right? Underwater. <laughs> so, well, you, first you need some scuba gear. <laughs> so, you know, there's a big ocean and you need to figure out where it is. <laughs> it's so kind of along, those, along those lines, Brett, what you were talking about too, I think um, all of the negotiation that now happens because of, of the you know, insurance involved with all of this. So they not only want to know how you're protecting your data, but like, are you insured? What are you insured for? How much are you insured for? Like I saw an article the other day um, that an insurance company offered the first ever cyber catastrophe bond. Um, so, mm -hmm. you know, typically you would look at that as like, the big events like acts of God, right? Tornadoes, whatever. And now they're also looking at cybersecurity as being that impactful. And I actually, I kind of wondered about this because we just heard about Rackspace and they had that massive outage with their hosted exchange. And I wondered, like, I have no idea, right? I don't, I don't know how big of an issue that was for them, but for those that were left um, in their hosted environment, like how much of an impact is that for Rackspace? Because that's, that's a major service, if it's still a major service offering, which it may not be because hopefully everybody's moving to the cloud for exchange. Um, but if it was like, that's a pretty big deal. And, and, you know, I think if you guys, Brett, you know, anybody who hosts as a product who hosts information where you have the potential for a security risk, like you do have to be insured properly and you have to make sure as you go through all your legal contracts as a business owner, as, as someone who's, you know, running a business and selling products, like you really have to be up on that stuff because it's a really scary space. And for a small business, I think it's especially scary because you're just like, you, 
you don't have the manpower to have an entire cybersecurity team. So you have, I mean, that is why it's good to be in a cloud like with Microsoft because they take care of a lot of that stuff for you, but you still have to stay vigilant in, in the way that you treat your passwords and your authentication and who has access and all of that. And that's really what those legal docs are all about. Are you following those processes? Are you going through and making sure that you're using best practices, um, which is getting harder and harder by the day, I think. Yeah. And, and that does scare me so much. I mean, even you know, it's difficult to actually understand some of the questions that are being asked sometimes by the insurance companies and also by uh, by, by the enterprise organisations. So, uh, yeah, it, it is it, it really is scary, and it's we've just simplified all of that. I mean, fortunately, with the products, as I mentioned, the data isn't actually stored with us. It's it's in their SharePoint environment or, or their Teams environment. Um, so it is down to them to, to secure that. Obviously, there is a CDN library um, that comes up. That 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 is a conversation, but yeah, that that is there, um, protected in in Azure and and so on. So uh, yeah, it's as, as secure as it could be. Uh, but there is that 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 could be a challenge because obviously they've got to trust us and our code. And um, yeah, that's where the ISO standards come in and and what have you. Mm. But um, <clears throat> yeah, it's even down to our website. You know, we used to have. Uh, a portal where people could log on and so on. It's like, don't really need to have that uh, as, as a service. You know, all, all they're doing really is you know, being able to download some some files. Let's simplify that process so that ju there just isn't a login to our website. And, and well, so people on. don't even allow comments on the blogs anymore, right? Yeah. They just tell you like, go share this on social media and let them deal with right. it. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you see. Push it. Push all that responsibility out to Twitter and to Facebook and the you know what other social media platforms you have for discussions but but they definitely a lot of people just most most just push it out to them now well, well yeah we, we 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 allow the comments but we uh everything has to be approved before it's going to be displayed <laughs> and that's just a random thing that occasionally will go through it because there's just so much noise uh from yeah just 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 junk basically <laughs> the, the bots that are commenting and, and so on it's you know maybe one in a thousand is is actually a legitimate comment <laughs> so it's, it's a real ha yeah. hassle to, to go through that but uh, yeah it, it's it, it is uh, definitely scary times and especially with you know politics and what's going on in the world as well you know the, the it's not just uh, boys in their bedrooms trying to hack you is it <laughs> it's we, we, we've got countries, <laughs> so it's a it, it's a real real challenge there. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and and and, well, and 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 it's it's so new to you know most politicians can't comprehend what's going on on the internet, you know, because they're all you know seventy they're years 80 old. Eighty years old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I couldn't imagine trying to explain some of this stuff to my parents, you know, and let them go. You know, they're seventy one, you know, seventy seventy one years old. Uh, but I, you know, I couldn't imagine, and you know, the the people running the show in Congress, and at least in the United States, or majority is you know their age and older and and everything. But you know, I, I think you. We need to really start looking at this as like an act of aggression, right? As a, from a military perspective, because you know, if if some country, whatever that that might be, you know, have have uh, uh, something against our country, they they can definitely attack us, and they can be in and out uh, before it's over. But I mean, it's not like we don't do it either, right? So I mean, I'm pretty sure we've got a pretty extensive cyber hacking program with the uh, you know with some three letter organization or whatever that we're doing the same thing. So. Um, but I think we have to look at this as, you know, when are we going to look at this as an act of aggression, as if somebody were to drop a bomb or something on one of our cities, right? If you if you hack, 
you know, some big company or some governmental organization. It's it's really the same thing. I mean, you know, power grid. Uh, well, yeah. Power supply, yeah. I mean, it's to be honest, it's power system going down. It was the you first thing that sure. sprung to mind. It, that, that was what, my, my first thought. <laughs> just saying. Yeah. yeah, it wouldn't have surprised me. I mean, if that had come out, it's. Uh, the what? The uh, the FAA the, thing? Yeah. I mean, if that's all it takes to, to ground the country is to, like, make a computer that detects bird attacks offline. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> don't know what that says about us, but hey, because <laughs> say, look, a bird don't fly that way. <laughs> but like there's even things like like, like for for myself, I actually I froze my credit years ago. Like if you if someone were to steal my identity and try to open up credit, they can't my because my everything's frozen. So if I want to go and purchase something, a car or something, I actually have a code that was sent to me in the mail that's sitting in a safe, and I have to have that code to unfreeze my credit to make purchases, big purchases. And I think, you know, that's I, I because of this stuff, you don't know what's going to happen. It's very easy to steal someone's identity if you don't have these types of protections in place. Mm -hmm. hmm. So speaking I of identity, I need to do that. I think. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's and I feel like we're fighting between what it made me think of, Mark. You know, we still have this world where, like, we have paper and we're putting it in safes, and then on the flip side, and and I sent this article to you the other day, Mark, about how we're looking at digital ID now and being able to like have your driver's license on your phone, mm -hmm. and we only have I think there's three states that have it accessible. Um, Ohio's on the list of like wh who's next. Um, but pretty soon you'll be able to go through TSA at the airport and you can actually do that today in Baltimore and Phoenix. Um, and there was one other, I can't remember, but you can go through TSA at the airport only with your iPhone if you have that digital driver's license on your iPhone. So I, I feel like we're kind of we're in that middle ground right now where we're kind of fighting like what's best because there's this convenience factor. And then there's the safety factor. But at some point, it's like the same conversation we've been having with IT for years because at first the cloud didn't feel safe and it felt safer to have it on premises, right? But at some point we got to the point where like Microsoft can do security better than you can in your own data center. So now the cloud feels safer than that does. And I feel like we're kind of having that same fight. Well, what's better to have your, your driver's license in your wallet where it's not accessible to too many people? Once you put it on your phone, who is it accessible to and how well can you protect it? I don't know. It's it's an interesting tug of war, I think, to See, figure think out getting, what the best thing is. I think we're at, at the point now, though, where we were with checks, right? My parents would write a check. To, and they would send a check to anybody. If they always, I need money, I need to get paid, I'm going to send a check, which has your bank account number. It's got your routing number. It's got your account number. It's got your signature. It's got all of the stuff on it that is like, holy crap, I can't believe you would put this out there. Whereas using something like Apple Pay is dramatically you know, on a magnitudes, uh, you know, more secure than than sending a a check with all of that information on it, right? That that you can do. And I, I wonder if we're if we're there or or we're you know if we're at that point to where, okay, people are going to start to realize it's 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 safer to digitize this stuff versus having to have these hard documents with you. I mean, I'm also at a point now of if I if I was in a like a governmental position or something like that where I had to send secure messages. 
I think I would go back to like manual typewriters and send a guy pigeons. with like a with, with a briefcase and a, <laughs> and a handcuffs, yeah. right? Handcuffed to a briefcase to go deliver this message that I typed out on my manual typewriter. We just test drove a, a, a car recently um, looking for a new car for, for Sarah because hers is going to be handed down to my daughter. Uh, and yeah, the, the car we test drove, it actually had um, the the ability you had an app on the on your phone and as long as you had that phone with you you could just walk up to the car unlock the car you could start the car and you could drive off and you think about that ability and that that phone is walking around in my side pocket or my back pocket (laughs) how easy is it for somebody to see me get out the car walk halfway down the street pickpocket me and i don't even know it's it's happened and they've they've taken my car and everything (laughs) and there's all that information that you mentioned that driver's license and, and and everything on that phone too well, I think that's where that passwordless authentication comes in, because if you had that secondary mode of like being in the car, but it wouldn't start unless it scans your face and it knows yeah. it's not you, right? Like you need that like second layer of like biometrics to say, not only yeah. do I have that key for whatever I'm doing, getting into a building, getting into my car, but I have the secondary thing to verify it's also me. Yeah. And then I can prevent my teenagers from taking my car. I, which would, I would love for Brett's <laughs> Well, I would I would love for Brett's car if somebody tried to do steal it in that way for the to tell the person that they're just not as pretty as Brett. <laughs> <laughs> Make them feel bad. You know, you're ugly. <laughs> Actually, it's quite funny. Uh, when Sarah was uh, living over in in the US, or well, before we uh, just before we met, actually, she had a, a Nissan 350Z, and um, somebody tried to to steal it off of her driveway, and all you could hear. Uh, going down the street was the crunching of gears because it was a stick shift and they couldn't drive it. <laughs> <laughs> that's nice. a security device all in of itself these days. It would keep it, me out, that's for sure. It narrows down the APB on the on the age of the person who stole it. <laughs> I think the well, answer I mean, to all well, these questions though is going to be a microchip in your arm. I think. Well, you know, I, that's, so that. But there's another thing, right, of, of this whole, like, did you see the the guy that um, they just arrested recently about the murders at the Idaho, University of Idaho or whatever? Yeah. Um, how they, did you see how they found so him? So sad. They basically got some of some DNA from the person they thought that you know, they think that did it. They didn't know who it was. They got some DNA off that, and they sent it to one of those ancestry sites. Oh, yeah. And they found him because it honed in of this person is related to you know, this hierarchy of, of people that have filled out this, this ancestry stuff. And that is terrifying to me. <laughs> so <laughs> you know? I did some searching on this, Rob, because I was super interested in this as well. And I found that not all of the, those ancestry type sites, not all of them allow police to come in and use their databases. So you do have to do your research when you, if you're choosing to do that in terms of the privacy levels on who allows you um, or who allows um, law enforcement but to be able to takes, use those databases. all it takes is somebody in your lineage, somebody in your family yeah. Yeah. to go to one of these things and you're in there. Mm-hmm. Guess you better behave yourselves. Hmm? I, I, I need to talk to some of my like <laughs> cousins, you know, or something and be like, nobody do this. <laughs> You're already in so many databases that is one more really going to matter. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I don't do illegal stuff. So, I mean, I guess I will be okay. But I mean, that, that, that really is scary though, because I mean, what if, uh, 
you know, just, I mean, obviously I've had a, a carry permit in Tennessee, a gun carry permit in Tennessee. So my fingerprints are in the database that, you know, they run on criminals and things like that as well, um, which is, you know, it's not a big deal because I'm not a criminal, <laughs> but, but I mean, I, I do wonder once you get into the DNA stuff, I mean, and I'm not wearing a tinfoil hat here by any means, but it just, um, it's really scary to what, you know, the, the level of detail they can do now to, to solve crimes. And I, I think it's good, right? Because some of these things might go unsolved, but um, it's really, um, it's really scary. The, the amount of information that we have out there is a footprint of who we are um, as people. Oh yeah. You know? So I mean, it goes well about, beyond passwords, right? I mean, it goes well beyond passwords. It, but it does, but think about like, so how many background checks have you had in your life where they took your fingerprints? You've been through TSA, so you got fingerprints there. If you've ever gone through governor, gov, uh, government security clinics to get your fingerprints there for your concealed carry. I mean, how many databases do you exist in? And it's 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 crazy to think about. And then now throw in the DNA stuff. You know? mm. But they're all still disconnected, though. So you got a while before all of those things gel totally. Well, <laughs> you only disconnected, exist in one state. they're disconnected that we know about. I'll yeah, right, right. the government has a lot of this wired together that we just don't know about. Rob, that's giving them a lot of credit that I'm not sure is worth they've it. Got a, but, they've got yeah. a massive data center built out in somewhere in Nevada or something, I'm sure. <laughs> well, I'm going to go uh, put on my tinfoil hat now. And <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. Um, you know we appreciate your, um, you know your your uh, following along with us here. This is a good good set of rabbit holes we went down. And and um, but anyway, if you have any questions or comments, please send us an email at info at techsplaining.net and or fi find us on social media and let us know. But uh, thanks for listening, and we will come at you again real soon with another show. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. See you soon. Thanks, all.